Hi, I'm Dan, and I want to welcome you to Church Online. If it's your first time, please take a minute and fill out a quick guest link on our website after the broadcast. We would love to connect with you, no matter where you're watching from. You can also give online by going to lifechurchutah.com or by texting LCGIVE to 95577 at any time during this morning's service. Once again, thank you for making Life Church Online a part of your weekend. For more information, visit us at lifechurchutah.com. Good morning to you again. We're glad that each of you are here this morning. Uh, Pastor Jim has asked me to continue the series of representing with the theme of representing faith and the trials we face, kind of a part two from last week's sermon. And we're going to be looking at the story of three Hebrew, the Hebrew boys that were in the fiery furnace from Daniel chapter 3. So you can pull out your notes if you want to do that. I kind of had a tiny, small, very, very small trial this past year. may come to a surprise to some of you, but uh, my softball agent met with me and said, I think it's time for you to retire from church softball. And since she makes my dinners too, I thought, you know what? I better follow her advice and uh, finally retire after nine years of playing church softball. It's, it's been tough, but, you know, retirement's been good to me. But, you know, speaking of retiring uh, from softball, uh, about a month ago I was watching the ceremony for Derek Jeter. Uh, he, they were retiring his number two jersey. Derek Jeter played shortstop for the New York Yankees in his entire baseball career. And he had a Hall of Fame career. So they were honoring him by retiring his jersey. And I was watching that, and I was watching a portion of it where they were interviewing the actual baseball scout that discovered Derek Jeter. I mean, you across America, there's thousands, tens of thousands of great uh, baseball players that are playing in high school, and these scouts have to go around trying to locate one. And the scout happened to find Derek Jeter, and he said right away, I knew Derek Jeter was going to be a great baseball player. And he said that he would sneak into his high school baseball games so that Derek would not know he was there. And the reason why he didn't want Derek to know he was there is because the scout wanted to watch him fail. Now that caught my attention because when I was coaching softball and playing softball, I didn't want to play with guys and gals that were failing. I wanted to play with the best that never made a mistake. And, and that's why I had to retire ultimately because I just couldn't live up to that standard any, anymore. <laughs> but I, I was this, this, but I, what I understood at that point was that I didn't understand what that under, that baseball scout understood. He understood that in baseball, you will be considered one of the greats if you bat an average of 300, which means for every 10 times you go to bat, you only succeed three times. How many students want your parents to live by those standards? Dad, I know I failed to do my room seven times this month. But you can go ahead and give me extra allowance because I did it three times successfully. Or how about with your spouse? Honey, I know I forgot our anniversary seven times, but don't forget. I remembered it the first three years. I must be one of the greatest husbands ever. Doesn't work that way, right? Well, there's, there's a point that I don't want you to miss. That scout wanted to see how Derek Jeter handled failure. Because baseball players will actually fail more at batting than they do succeeding. And how a baseball player handles those failures will determine if he'll be a good player or a great player. 
I'm sure baseball players don't like that term, failure, and I would prefer, the, uh, would prefer the idea of going through a tough time in my batting today or kind of just struggling through my hitting. My message is also related to that idea. I'm not talking about your failures today, but I am talking about how you handle trials and tough times. What is your attitude when life is not going your way? Do you stop thanking Jesus when tragedy hits? Are you prone to give up on your faith when the walls of life start caving in? We are going to have trials, but thanks be to God, because even though Jesus warned his disciples about these trials, he also told them, don't fear because I have overcome this world. I, Jesus Christ, has overcome fear. He has overcome our doubts. He has overcome our fears and our questions and our concerns, and he has given us victory this morning. And he gave that victory to his disciples. You don't have to fear. I love Isaiah 43 that says, but now this is what the Lord says. He who created you, Jacob, he who formed you, Israel, do not fear for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you pass uh, through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze, for I am the Lord your God. Who's in control of your life today? Who's in control of your life? Who's guiding you? Who's directing you? Who's watching over you? Whose hand is upon you? Is it your hand? Is it your friend's hands? Is it your job? Who's watching over you? I know I decided a long time ago that I was going to let God watch over my life. He was going to be my shepherd that was going to lead me beside still waters and lead me to green pastures. It wasn't going to be my job. It wasn't going to be my personality. It wasn't going to be my finances. It wasn't going to be what other people told me. It was going to be Jesus Christ. He was going to be guiding me. He was going to be directing me. When he does... I don't have to fear. I don't have to fear when difficulties come my way. I can tell you that I've been sick, and I've also been healed. My car has been hit by another car, but I grew closer to Jesus. My home has been burglarized, but I decided to praise God anyways, and I watched how God blessed my home in greater ways than, than ever before in the days following that crime. And I learned an important lesson as a 19-year-old man. I learned that my trials will define who I am. You know, you could have a great life today, a great day, no bad day, no bad hair day, everything's going good, gel just went on just right, blow dryer didn't stop working. I mean, you're just, everything is up and up for you. But you know what? Those days don't define who you are. It's the bad days that define who you are. It's the, it's the struggles that you have to go through. It's the trials that you face. It's the ridicule that you go through. It's the temptations that come into your life. Those are the moments that define who you are. And when I was 19 years old, I went through a tough time in my life. And I started, and I got mad at God because I didn't understand what he was doing. I thought God was taking me this way and he was taking me that way. And I didn't, and I began to fight God. And I began to say, God, I'll figure this out on my own. And my life was being defined in a negative way. And finally, I woke up, and God helped me to, to get out of that mindset. And so from that day, ever since that day, I determined that my trials and my troubles will define my love and my commitment to Christ. My love and commitment to Christ will be defined in those moments. My life was being defined in a negative way, and I was going to stop doing that. I was going to decide that my pain will become my power to show the world that my God is real. My trials were going to take me into the presence of God. My trouble was only going to cause me to praise the name of Jesus Christ. 
We are in this series about representing, and the book of Daniel presents one of the best stories of how we can represent our faith despite our circumstances. Most of you are familiar with the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Their story takes place during the time when the Israelites were living in captivity. They lost their homes, they lost their land, they lost their dignity, but there were many in Israel that did not lose their faith in God. And you can pick up this story in Daniel chapter 3, and in this story, you'll see that the Israelites are being held captive by King Nebuchadnezzar, and he demanded that everyone in his rule would bow down and worship this 90-foot golden statue that he had created. And if they refused, they would be thrown into a fiery furnace. Well, despite watching their fellow Israelites give in to his demand, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego would not bow down to King Nebuchadnezzar. Their allegiance was to God, Jehovah, and they lived under his commandments. And his commandments said that you shall not worship another graven image. You shall not worship any other God but God, Jehovah. So King Nebuchadnezzar brought them into his presence, and he reminded them that if you will not worship this golden statue, if you refuse to worship this magnificent statue, you will suffer a very painful death in a fiery furnace. And here is their response. Verse 16, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to him, King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves uh, before you in this matter. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it, and he will deliver us from your, your majesty's hand. But even if he does not, we want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold that you have set up. Oh, God, give me this spirit. Give me that attitude that brings about transformation in difficult situations. I don't know about you, but this morning I want to declare that I'm going to serve Jesus Christ no matter what the cost, that the love of God will not be taken out of my life. No, there's nothing that's going to come my way that I can't overcome because I know it is Christ who has given me the strength. I want that spirit that is alive, that helps you to be alive, that doesn't cause you to frown, that doesn't call you, cause you to worry or doubt, but causes you to rejoice in the Lord always. I want to live with that kind of spirit this morning. Two weeks ago, I, uh, Tara and I, we were visiting her, her parents in Atlanta. And I always wanted to visit the Martin Luther King uh, Memorial site there in Atlanta. And so this time we decided to go down there. And as we were driving down there, I, I began thinking to myself, oh, it's probably just a statue with some signs or placards. Uh, but when we got down there, it was an entire national park it was beautiful. It was amazing. Uh, lots of buildings. And I remember one particular area where they had Dr. King's tomb, and next to his tomb was his wife's tomb. And it was in this pool of water uh, that was set up on a little, little hill that the tombs were, and then the water was surrounding there. And they had pictures of the, what the civil rights uh, movement and what the civil rights leaders went through and the participants, what they suffered and endured. But as you're walking up there, as you're walking uh, in this area, they're playing over the loudspeakers his speeches. It's amazing. And I was just challenged as I was walking around there again. I was encouraged. I want you to be reminded this morning that Dr. Keene was beaten. He was put in jail. He was ridiculed. He was harassed. He was treated like an animal by people at times. But then you would hear his speech and you would hear his words ringing out. I want you to keep your eye on this picture as I read just a small portion of his I Have a Dream speech. 
I have a dream that one day on the Red Hills of Georgia, sons of former slaves and the sons of former slave owners will be able to sit down together at the table of brotherhood. I have a dream that one day at the state of Mississippi, a state sweltering with the heat of injustice, sweltering with the heat of opposition, will be transformed into an oasis of freedom and justice. I have a dream that one day every valley shall be exalted, every mountain and every, va- and every hill shall be made low, and the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together. This is our hope. This is the faith that I go back to the south with. This is the faith we will be able, that, that we'll be able to cut out of the mountain of despair a stone of hope. With this faith, we'll be able to work together. We'll be able to pray together, to struggle together, to go to jail together, to stand up for freedom together, knowing that one day we will be free. How many of you are ready to march right through your problems today? How many of you are ready to climb that wall? You're ready to swim that ocean. You're ready to take on any task that comes your way because you know God is with you and he makes you more than a conqueror. He makes you the head and not the tail. He makes you the winner and not the loser, no matter what people are saying. (laughs) Dr. Keene was in the fire, but the fire did not change Dr. Keene. Dr. Keene changed it. Instead of it becoming a fire of destruction, Dr. Keene made it a fire of construction. He constructed a a courage in the hearts of loving Americans to stand up for what was right. He constructed a passion to see God's love win and to hatred to be removed from our lives. The fire did not change his principles. The fire revealed and enhanced his principles. He enhanced them so that we could see the changes that we needed in America. Are you willing to stand in the fire and say, God, use me? Are you willing to stand with those who are hurting and say, God, use me? Help me to help somebody today. Help me to see somebody in need today. Help me to see what's being done wrong and give me the strength to to do what is right. That's the spirit that lived inside of Dr. King. That's the spirit that lived inside of Meshach and Abednego. And I pray that God will, will help you today because you might have to go through the fire at work. Just hold on to your faith because your co-workers are going to see a miracle. You might have to go through the fire at home, but you just keep praying and reading your Bible and your family will experience the salvation of God. Your body might have to go through the fire, but you keep praising the name of Jesus and you will experience his joy and his freedom and the people around you will be amazed. That's what happens when Christ is with you. And as believers in Jesus, you do not need to fear trials. Jesus said he would never leave you. He would never forsake you. And he will give you the strength to be more than a conqueror. But for those who do not believe in Jesus, trials will impact them in a very different way. Which brings me to the first truth today. Trials will consume the ungodly. Trials consume the ungodly. This is not a point that is easy to talk about, but we must acknowledge the reality of a life that is not dedicated to God. And once we acknowledge this truth, our hearts will be set on doing God's will, and His will is that no one would perish, but everyone would come into the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. So after Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego declared their faith in God, Nebuchadnezzar made his declaration. I could tell you right now, teenagers, if you have made some commitments to God, if you've made some determinations that you're going to serve God no matter what, guess what? The enemy is not going away. Your problems may not go away tomorrow or this afternoon. So there's got to be a fire that's deep inside of you, not just a, a little lighter, but a blazing fire that you can cook s'mores on that's just inside of you. 
Because the, the devil doesn't go away when we make commitments to God. And so Nebuchadnezzar, he says, okay, I see your faith. Well, listen to what I have to say. And so then verse 19 says, Then Nebuchadnezzar was furious with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And his attitude toward them changed. He ordered the furnace heated seven times hotter than usual. And he commanded some of the strongest soldiers in his army to tie up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and throw them into the blazing furnace. So these men wearing their robes, trousers, turbans, and other clothes were bound and thrown into the blazing furnace. The king's command was so urgent and the furnace so hot that the flames of the fire killed the soldiers who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Those soldiers who were carrying out King Nebuchadnezzar's orders that day never had a chance. Even though they were the strongest in the army, they were brave and had been through many battles, King Nebuchadnezzar sealed their fate, and the flames consumed them. You may know some very strong people, tough people, enduring people, wise people, influential people, but I can tell you without Jesus in their life, the flames of life will consume them. There is so much anger and hatred in our world today. Our news continues to report of the massive tragedies that are taking place around our planet. And, that, and what they report, I hope you realize, is only a small percentage of the evil that's being done in our world. You know, when I walk into a Walmart or at the post office, I, 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 just, I wake up to the reality that uh, there's a lot of hurting people when you see that wall of faces of missing people. You may be having a great day today, but there's other people who are not. And I'm not asking to ruin your day. I'm just asking you to be worried about somebody who's not and helping somebody who is not. And so this world that we live in is difficult. And we, I pray that you will ask God for a, a love and a passion for those who are, are living without Jesus. And you ask God, God, would you give me the words to speak to somebody today? Would you give me the right moment and the right opportunity to share my faith with somebody? I am asking you today to say, to acknowledge that our friends and co-workers and family members that don't live for Jesus will face trials without any answers. I know God has brought you through the fire I know you've been through some difficulties. If you're serving Christ today, it's because he's brought you out of the grave and he brought you out of the grave so that you can help those that are in the grave. Do you know the way out so you can lead them through it? Your pain that you've suffered in life becomes the gain of the ungodly and together you can bring glory to Jesus. I know when I'm with Alexandra, I'm always watching out for her. I'm always thinking ahead of her, for her. And I'm, and I'm thinking and I'm watching because she's not thinking and she's not watching. She's not worried about anything that could hurt her or harm her. She just wants to have fun. She's just going after the butterfly that's at the park, Dad. Not worried about the cars coming down the street. Focused on the butterfly. That's what I want. And when God has just given me uh, that obvious awareness that every parent has, that you're just watching out for them. But I'm asking God today to help you to have that awareness for the ungodly. I'm asking God to help you to sometimes stop thinking about yourself and stop thinking about your agenda and stop thinking about your priorities. Open your eyes once in a while and see that they're hurting people around you that need your help, that need your love, that need a word of encouragement, that need your helping hand. It's okay to help somebody change a tire. It's okay to help somebody in the, in the Walmart parking lot. I know you're dying to get out of it. I died every day to get out of that parking lot. <laughs> but God wants to use you. God wants to bless you to be a blessing. Not so the blessings remain inside of you. And your strength and your awareness 
to help others and to save others that are ungodly, it will, it will come because of the strength that you will, you will receive through your trials. Which brings me to the next truth that I want to share with you. Trials strengthen the godly. Trials strengthen the godly. The Bible declares that the same fire that consumed those soldiers is the same fire that blessed the godly. Nebuchadnezzar witnessed the miraculous that day. Instead of seeing three men screaming in agony, he saw three men dancing in victory. That's what I could tell you this morning, young people. I know there's a fire inside of you, and I don't want to see that fire go out. And the only way that fire won't go out is that if you stand and you'll stand together, that you'll determine this, this wasn't about camp, this wasn't about me, this wasn't about today, this is about the rest of my life, this is about my family, the family of God. And together you'll be able to overcome because every time the enemy tries to hit you, you can hit him back. And your hit will last a lot longer than his. And so they were dancing in victory that day. He expected the fire to destroy Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. That was not the case. In verse 26, it says, Nebuchadnezzar then approached the opening of the blazing furnace and shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out and come here. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out of the fire. The satraps, prefects, governors, and royal advisors crowded around them. They saw that the fire had not harmed their bodies nor was a hair of their head singed. Their robes were not scorched, and there was not a smell of fire on them. That's the power of God. That's the power of God in our lives. That's why we keep standing for Christ. That's why we never give up. We never give in. We never turn back. We never retreat. We never surrender. We keep serving God with all of our heart because no matter what we're going through, we come out better. We come out stronger. We come out a bigger, a bigger blessing for people to be blessed by. And that's what I'm praying for, and that's what I'm believing for in your life today. I'm not asking you to pray for more trials, but when they do come, and if you're in a trial right now, that you can pray for more of Jesus in your life. You can determine that nothing will separate you from the love of God. Your trials will not and cannot consume you because you are a child of the risen Savior. I know that the fire is real, but so is the power of my God. And you will come out of that fire as pure gold. Here's my mindset in trials. I'm not getting weaker. I'm getting stronger. The furnace may be getting hotter, but that just means Jesus is going to get closer. And Jesus is going to meet me in that fire. And his presence will sustain me. And his presence will bless me. And his presence will not just make a difference in my life, but his presence will make a difference in the lives of those people around me. Those people that were ridiculing me and those people that were laughing at me will be the people that will, ha will be reaching out and saying, would you help me? Would you give me some answers? I'm going through a tough time today. I see how you handled it. I need some help. That's the power of God. My mindset is that I'm not going to listen to the negative talk around me. I'm not going to listen to the negative thoughts in me. I'm not going to listen to anyone who's trying to hold me back or push me down. But on my mind and my ears are going to be set to the channel of God's word. And his word declares that no weapon formed against me will prosper. And I may fall down seven times, but each time I'm going to get right back up. And I'm going to see the most important truth at work. And that is trials reveal the power of Jesus. Trials reveal the power of Jesus. We need a revelation of Jesus Christ. I'm not just talking about reading about him in the Bible. 
I'm not talking about just singing about him in, in a song service. I'm talking about having a revelation of his truth inside of you. I'm asking you to seek him with all of your heart, to hunger and thirst after righteousness so that you can be filled. Have that deer that's panting for living water. We need a revelation of Jesus. And that day, a very wicked and ungodly king witnessed the power of God. He could not deny what he was seeing. And so in verse 28 reads, Then Nebuchadnezzar said, Praise be to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and rescued his servants. They trusted in him and defied the king's command and were willing to give up their lives rather than serve or worship any god except their own god. Therefore, I decree that the people of any nation or language who say anything against uh, the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be cut into pieces and their houses be turned into piles of rubble, for no other God can save in this way. The Bible declares that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. It does not matter what people will say because God will always have the last word. He has proven that his word will come true and that no man can stifle him. He is the king of kings and he is the Lord of lords. And some of the most powerful revelations of Jesus come when you and I go through trials. When we represent our faith despite our circumstances, the world must take notice and they must acknowledge the one who is abiding in us. You know, people may never come to hear me preach a sermon. They may never go to a Christian concert with you. They may even refuse to go to a Christian movie. But when you are going through a tough time and you're going through a trial and you're having a bad day and you determine that you're going to serve God anyways, that you're going to hold true to his principles anyways, that, that when they see that in you, they'll listen to you. They'll take notice of you. They'll pay attention to you. Everyone on this planet can relate to problems because everyone on this planet has problems. And those who live without the guidance of Jesus Christ They'll be inclined to listen to someone who's getting better, not worse, in their trials. Let your voice be heard. Let your light so shine for Jesus that others will see your good works and give glory to God and give praise to him. I'm asking you this morning to let Jesus come into your trials. Let him come into your doubts. Let him come into your fears. And if you're having a bad day today, uh, you're having a good day today, then look for somebody who's having a bad day and lift them up and encourage them and think outside of yourself. Bow your heads with me. Let's just pray. This is Pastor Eric. Thanks so much for checking out our Life Church podcast. We pray that it's a blessing to you. For more information about Life Church, check us out at lifechurchutah.com.